Hello and welcome to Firsties. I'm Ross. I'm Reba. And this week uh, we are doing a two-parter on Lost, sort of. Yes. They're technically not a two-parter, but they went together. They, yeah, they they flowed together. Yeah. You know. Yeah, one went into the other, and I I think they're thematically really linked. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the episodes were Deus Ex Machina and Do No Harm. Uh, the first of which is a lock episode. Yes. Uh, second of which was a Jack episode. And I did je- I I did guess Jack at the beginning, and you then, initially did, yeah, and then changed my mind when I saw the ep- the next episode. But I don't think oh, well, I was I was wrong. The next episode won't be a Jack episode. Yeah, you thought it was gonna be a Boone Hopefully. episode, and in a way, these were both related to Boone. They're yeah, both pretty significant for him. Uh, but I think these are both pretty good episodes, uh, especially Day yeah. Sex Machina. I think yeah. is really great, and. Uh, yeah, you've got the Boone through line, so they fit, but I think they're also both episodes about belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe not in the same way, but I think they're all about highlighting the way that Jack and Locke are both men of belief, but maybe in different ways. Yes. Uh, which we'll get to. <laughs> right. Which I saw uh, I saw the name of the first episode of next season of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah no. Man of Science, Man of Faith. Yeah. And uh, I actually have that mentioned in my notes. Too. Okay. And we'll we'll get to that. I think right. that's a that's a interesting okay. thing myself. Yeah. So um the first episode, uh the main story is about Locke. So we've got a flashback which explains a little bit more about uh who he is with it doesn't really explain, you know, his legs at all, but no. a different aspect of his life before now, which has only been hinted at before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we begin with him in a toy store. Yes. Uh, it, <laughs> Reba just covered Samson with a pillow because he keeps making noises. Um, anyway, we we start in the toy store and he's telling a kid about the game Mouse Trap, which yes. is all about elaborate traps and like yes. trying to put together pieces to get one get the other player yeah. when they're in the cheese spot, and uh, it kind of sets it up like it's supposed to be you know. Uh, with the island. Yeah. Like, since he just yeah. built a trebuchet. Right. But really, it's more of a hint of what's to come in his flashback story. It's all about yes. elaborate traps Setting and the plans. pieces up, which, which is really sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. So uh, we, we get further into that uh, with a woman kind of following him around and staring yeah, at him. Yeah, really in the creepy store. woman. Uh, she does so in the parking lot, too. Uh, like almost gets hit by a car, or kind of does get hit. Well, yeah, he gets hit by the car, but he's nah. not hurt. Right, like, you know they're toying with the audience at that yeah. point, though. Like, yeah. is this how he's going to be paralyzed? Right. No. No? Uh, yeah. He tracks her down, mm-hmm. finds out, or she claims she is his mother right off yes. the bat. And right. uh, that he's immaculately conceived. Right. He's play, playing into his, his belief Right, you know, that the explains a little bit more about his his on island behavior with believing that he's possibly, and I think part of it is just to tease again by the writers, maybe. just to to be like, well, maybe he is a chosen one on a different level because Locke seems to believe on the island that he is special, that the island chose him in a way that right. you know repaired his legs for a reason, and we find out off island that that's. Not the case pretty quickly. Right. That his mom is kind of a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, 
but the records do show who his father is, or they're mm-hmm. able to track that down. Yeah. Who? So. Who's a man named Anthony Cooper? Yes. And uh, he seems to be pretty well off. Yeah. A lot. Right. <laughs> a lot goes to see him at this big fancy house. He has like a gate attendant and everything. Uh, right. Uh, got. They hit it off pretty well. Right. Seemingly. The guy seems pretty friendly for somebody who's. Uh, just found out he has a son. Yeah, but, you know everything kind of yeah. goes swimmingly, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little, a little too swimmingly. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, he tells Locke about his mother, about how she said she wasn't going to have him as a baby, but, uh, but then did ask for more money, uh, yeah. which you know seems which seems to be true. Right. Seems like sh- I I buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I buy that, but why would she need money if she put him up for adoption? That's my question. It's like, what? What's her end game there? Yeah. Well, and had she yet? Like, do we know when? Well, we... I thought they said. I thought he said that she was putting him up for adoption, and she needed money. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. So that that might be a little, little yeah. false then. But we don't. We don't really know. No right. way to know other than. Uh, so far, he's, he's a nice guy, and he, re- he asks Locke if he wants to go hunting, which yeah. Locke has never gone hunting at this point. Right. So you can now tie his on-island hunting prowess to his father in a way. I mean, I guess kind they only of, really go once. You know, yeah. Well, no, they go a couple times. Yeah. They, Was it? Uh, we only I, see them go once. But, oh, maybe. Maybe so. Maybe it's the... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we don't we don't really know if... How, how often they did or what that spurred in Locke or anything, right. but still there's that connection there that his, his father kind of got him started with all the skills that he eventually used on Island. Right. And uh, then one, well, really on that first time when he goes to meet him, he shows yeah. up at 11. Uh, yeah. And it is... And the, <laughs> conveniently, his father is on, is like... Right, he's being treated Pre- with doing a, his dialysis. Yeah, for kidney failure. Right, and it, he tries to act like, well, no, I said noon, but likely he right. did tell him eleven, and just so that you know. So, so immediately, like automatically, I thought, okay, well, here's this guy. He's playing on, on, Locke's like newfound relationship that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of. It starts to seem suspect right around then. Yeah. Right when he gets there and uh, realizes what's going on. And pretty quickly agrees to give a kidney for him. Yeah. Like, he likes his father. Locke seems like a guy who's always needed a father and never had one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, agrees to give up his kidney. And uh, his father's gone when he wakes up. Right. Uh, And his mom explains the whole plan, like, right away, kind of. Yeah. And, And... He goes to see his father, uh-huh. and he's immediately like, no, and like the, yeah, the guard a, is has, has yeah. been instructed not to let him in. Yeah, you know, and that that's what's really mean about the whole thing is just how unnecessary it is. Yeah, and that he really is his like he didn't lie about that. He knew he was his son, and that right. he'd be a match for it. And he was manipulated kind of into giving it, but like well, he was yeah. manipulated through the acts of a father, like just. All that the guy had to do was treat him as a son or connect with him, kind of. Yeah. And he does that briefly, and then he he can't even 
keep him around in his life. Like, that was the con, was that he wanted him out of his life as soon as he got it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of, like, you know, that's, I don't know, that, that didn't surprise me about that guy. Yeah. That he just wanted, uh, wanted Locke out of his life. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it starts to starts to introduce questions as to who exactly his dad is. Or, I mean, it's Anderson Cooper, but what yeah. a... Anthony Cooper. Anthony, not Anderson Cooper. That's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, he, uh, we know who he is now, but what, like, what's he do? Because, like, right. his mom mentions that uh, he, he had to make, convince Locke, or had to make Locke think that these were all his own decisions, which we've been told in previous episodes specifically is the act of a con man. Like, that's what con men do. Yeah. Uh, they have they convince their marks that it was their idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how, does this guy, how does this guy tie in to... Or does he? Like, yeah, are they... Uh, like, con men seem pretty... Uh, <laughs> Pretty frequent in these sort, or not frequent, but you know, at least it's a little coincidental that of right. these set of characters there'd be multiple, yeah, con men, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, also sets up another character with father issues. Right, <laughs> we're starting like, to build more like and more of those. Everybody and their mom has father issues on yeah. this show. I would say by the end of the series, probably more than half of the characters have father issues. Come on, Damon. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it keeps keeps coming back, but but yeah, this is a this is a pretty big one for Locke, and I, it's also kind of about him and his his willingness to put his faith in things outside of himself. Yeah. Whereas, sure, on the island, he's it's all about believing in the island as a higher power, but he so quickly gave in to believing that all these things right. happened with his father because he wanted to believe those things. Yeah, that, uh, it's it's kind of a consistent trait, and that's and that's something that uh, like the PI says to him mm-hmm. in uh, in the episode, right? At the beginning of it, he's like, "These things aren't meant to be," right? Like, just, yeah, just know it's that usually it's ends like, badly. Yeah, and and yeah, for for Locke, it kind of did end badly. It, it definitely did. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's out of kidney. <laughs> And he's still estranged from his father, yeah. who now he knows doesn't want him. <laughs> Which is so sad. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and unnecessary. Yeah. Yep, poor guy. Um, so we want to move on to as part of the story on island. Yeah. So it starts with the trebuchet we mentioned briefly before. Yes. Which just shatters on the hatch. Right. Which... Seems physically impossible, but happens. <laughs> right. Well... Because it's the island. I mean, it's... Yeah. It depends <laughs> on what they made it with. Like, because if that's strong, like, reinforced steel mm-hmm. hatch, uh, and if it's, like, a... Like, that safety glass Yeah, stuff that, that stuff can be pretty to, intense. Yeah. 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 So it could just be, you know, a normal man-made thing that... Yeah. Yeah. Totally possible. Uh, but Locke is, like, flummoxed by it. Like, he feels like this was supposed to work. Yeah. Because so far, pretty much everything he's done has worked. Like, right. he believes that whatever force it is on the island is pushing things to go in his favor. Right. And he's starting to feel betrayed, almost. Yeah. Cheated. Yeah. Cheated is the word, really. Yeah. 
he uh, his legs aren't working as well or seem to be well, giving out. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he gets stabbed by a piece of shrapnel. We do. We see the shrapnel go in, but he doesn't feel it either. Exactly. So. Which is a, uh, which is a sign that, you know, like, he's losing feeling. Yeah. He's losing, he's losing his legs. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that That's, wasn't the cause of it, probably. That was just. No, that was just a, yeah. you know, that, you know, a signal that. Something is going wrong. Right. Exactly. And uh, so then he has this crazy prophetic dream. Yeah. Where uh, Where we see Boone at first just complaining and talking about how he doesn't buy into all of it, uh, telling Locke that they can't open it. Yeah. Which he responds with, don't tell me what I can't do again. Right. Uh, But what were you going to say? (laughs) It feels real. Yeah, it it does. At first. Yeah. It feels very real. And then... And then it, uh, you get that that flash of a bloody boon. Yeah. And he sees his mother pointing at the at the crash. You see, because you see, like mm-hmm. when he still when it still feels real, you see the the plane going right down. going overhead. And, and then locks in a wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, Boone's fully bloodied after that. He starts repeating that. Uh, the, uh, Teresa the, falls off the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of a creepy little dream sequence. Right. Creepy little prophetic dream. Yeah. Um, most people would see that dream and not think that it's pointing towards good things. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely didn't feel like a good dream. <laughs> Seems ominous. Yeah. But uh, Locke takes it as that's the direction he needs. Right. And uh, it, it sort of works because he repeats the phrase or the Teresa thing to, or at least he, he mentions yeah. Teresa. Teresa falls to up Boone. the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs yeah. to Boone, which kind of freaks Boone out. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's never mentioned any Teresa. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there is a Teresa in his life. Yeah. Was. Right. Like he, and that kind of helps him get Boone to follow him. At right. which point, I noted what you said, which was, "Don't be an angry Boone. Be curious, Boone." <laughs> which, given how things play out, yeah, is kind of funny now. <laughs> but yeah, you want to know what's there. You want to right. I I mean I don't know. I think yeah. I I just felt like in that situation, Boone would have been more curious than. Than mm-hmm. angry about that, and we we have been conditioned so far to believe that when the island points in a direction, generally it, it, it leads to something good or interesting at least. Yeah, like, especially with Locke. Yeah, like Locke hasn't really had anything bad happen to him yet. Right. So this is really kind of the first thing where uh, he has to feel uh, responsible, but. Right. So on their way to do that, we run across the corpse of a Nigerian man dressed as a priest along with a bunch of money and yeah. a gun uh, yes. near the plane where uh, Locke, Locke says he's not so sure he's a priest. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of information on that yet. Right. But uh, one one thing that the writers like to insist, especially like Lindelof and Q's, is that they they would never introduce elements into the story until they knew what they were. So, like, huh. with all of this, yeah, there, it just seems like a random thing. Like, oh, this will be interesting. They found a corpse with all these. Yeah. Like, what's a priest doing with a gun and money? Yeah. But, like, in theory, they already know where that's going. Right. And, like, in this case, I may not believe that they knew how it was going to work into the show, but I do think they had that backstory figured out. Right. Because it, it, they, they kind of get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Or you find out more about that. And, uh... 
it's the same way with the hatch or like in one of the writer uh, uh one of the writers who wrote for lost wrote that really big long article about what it was like and how, what they knew yeah. and what they didn't and they talk a little bit about the hatch and how that was part of the initial pitch for the show was that really yeah with jj abrams it was his idea that oh. on the island there's this hatch and nobody knows what's inside of it it's it's like the embodiment of his mystery box idea that you always dangle yeah. this thing that's unknowable in front of people and uh damon lindelof doesn't work that way though or he loves like mysteries but he he doesn't feel comfortable with the idea of introducing something where they don't know where it's going yeah. So through the first half of the season or so, they were still discussing what was in the hatch. So the writers would come forth with all these crazy ideas, like, you know, maybe it's some other society down there, an Atlantean yeah. thing, or unknown riches that tears people apart or whatever. And then one day he just, like, had an idea at midnight and came in, and he's like, you guys, in the hatches, do and do, and, like, all this. They're like, all right, go. And then as soon as they came up with that, that's when they actually introduced it into a script. So, oh. so they already know what's in the hatch so, at this part, okay. point, re writing it, but and that's why it doesn't show up for a long time, even though it was part of the initial idea of the show. Okay, that's cool. Mm. Anyway, just a bit of trivia. Yeah, no, good trivia. <laughs> Only sort of related, but uh, since we don't know what's in the hatch yet, but, yeah. but they knew here, and uh, we'll eventually get to it. And I actually, I do believe that, uh, because a lot of these ideas of faith in the island like that becomes a huge part of the theme in the second season regarding really? the hatch and it feels like they're setting up for it so huh. okay anyway end of teaser <laughs> um <laughs> so uh locks like start going out again right and uh he he so it happens more as they get closer to the plane right they find the plane which means boone has to climb it yeah uh because of locks legs but as soon as boone's like up there his legs start working again yeah. So it's, it definitely seems like there is another force at play. Mm -hmm. It's not random. <laughs> oh, yeah. The show is pretty... Uh, pretty, pretty clear. Yeah, pretty clear that uh, some other force is controlling all this with the prophetic imagery and the whole Teresa thing. Yeah. And um, as they find the plane, uh, he, do he actually tells Boone about how he was it's paralyzed beforehand. Right. So Right. And he tells him that it doesn't... How, how does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so. Just that he he was paralyzed, and now he's not. Yeah. And Boone tells him about Teresa. So they both kind of... Oh, or who was his okay. nanny who, yeah, who fell down. Fell down the stairs and broke her neck. Yeah, when, when he was like six. Yeah. So they're both open with each other. Like, yeah. Further, they further their relationship, which right. has been growing anyway throughout the throughout this season, uh, enough that Boone agrees to climb and get in this... <laughs> really get precarious plays yeah get boone or get Locke what he needs yeah so should we talk about what's in the plane <laughs> yeah so there's this is this is something that charlie should not find yeah there's a bunch of little little virgin mary statues filled with heroin yes and uh which is is an interesting thing having the Virgin Mary symbolism in an episode where Locke's mother said she immaculately conceived him. Which I mean, probably intentional. Yes, very much. And uh, later, I like we which, we know that Charlie's also someone who has some faith. Yeah. Too. So which, like, and I wonder, like, I wonder how it, this makes me wonder how it's going to play into Charlie. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like it has to, right? Yeah. 
and it, it, and again like tying into the idea of like fate and uh whether this is all an accident or whether it's uh you know predefined or something like it's playing more into the idea that they're all supposed to be there that this plane was supposed to be there because Dang. of charlie and uh yeah it's kind of interesting yeah. uh the other thing they find on there is a radio that which works. which works they uh, speak to somebody i uh, I oh, did have you to look, look it up? It up. Uh, I was going to tell you anyway, but uh, okay. What what did you look up, or what did it I, say? I looked up that uh, when Boone uh, when Boone calls out and says we're the survivors of Oceana Flight Eight Fifteen, mm-hmm. they come back with we're the survivors of Flight Eight Fifteen. Right? Did you did it spoil what that meant? <laughs> I don't. think Okay. So. Good. Okay. Uh, what What do you think? Well, um, part of me thinks that it's... Actually, I kind of did read, a, read ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know. So, but, I mean, like, I don't... I'm not for sure. Okay. I don't know if you should say anything on here then, in case anybody's <laughs> listening who's only watched season one. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. Okay. I guess I guess I can mute as if you want to test it. Um, because... Yeah, Okay. But. Yeah, I'll mute it. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so but. the plane falls <laughs> after Boone does, does this. Right. Uh, he right. comes out looking. But well, Locke had told him that he it was too uh, it was too dangerous that he shouldn't try to call that. True. That he should be getting out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Like Locke did try to save Boone, but Boone made this decision to continue. Yeah, I guess so. So you don't feel like Locke is really responsible, ultimately. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, like, I don't think so. Okay. Because Locke, Locke does, I I believe that Locke feels remorse for what's happening. Mm-hmm. That, like, you know, yeah. he shouldn't have done it, but. Well, we can, we can revisit that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but, uh. So, so Locke is terribly wounded when the plane falls. Uh, he's bloodied like in the dream. Uh, right. And Locke, uh, Locke brings him back, but tells Jack that he just fell off a cliff. Right. Doesn't want to mention the plane or any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he runs away. So, so the last moment of the episode is, well, it's juxtaposing Locke, you know, crying in his car after finding out that his father has abandoned him. And... Mm. And on island, on top of the hatch, also crying because he feels, again, betrayed by the island. Like, yeah. he put faith into something, and it didn't return right. its dividends. But then the hatch lights up. Yes. And, uh, so... <laughs> so what is your take on that with, uh, with Locke's belief? And you're, you're saying he feels remorse for what happened with Boone. But if, think, if but he feels like there's a purpose behind it... Yeah, I feel like with that light... Uh, like, I, I think he'll be very, very zen about, about losing Boone. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll think that the island needed that loss mm-hmm. to give him the, the hatch, the yeah. answer on the hatch. So if, if that's his belief, is that, is that good or is that a dangerous thing now that he, he believes that somebody's life, or if he believes this, then that means that somebody's life might uh, be worth whatever goals he's trying to accomplish on the island. Right. I, I don't, I don't think 
Locke would knowingly put somebody's life in danger. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he would be as worried or concerned if the if a person's life happened to come into danger. <laughs> right. As long like, as he doesn't know ahead of time, then right. you feel like he can rationalize, or not rationalize it necessarily, but at least feel like it was worth it. Right. Okay. Uh, so the title of this episode is Deus Ex Machina, which is uh, often used as a term in narratives uh, when like the plot is resolved basically out of nowhere. Uh, without real, without really being earned with the events prior, yeah. uh, you know, it literally means God from the machine. So the mm -hmm. idea that yeah, the savior comes just from, from the writer, just something out of nowhere. Yeah. And so here it's not so much about like an ending coming out of nowhere, but God from the machine being literally that all of Locke's actions are being driven by what he feels is a higher power on the island. So it's mm -hmm. all about that higher power and the faith uh, about it and. What you said about uh, Man of Science, Man of Faith being that episode yeah. in season two, like the obvious parallel or what people usually say that means or believe it means is like Jack being man of science, yeah. uh, Locke being man of faith. But uh, Lindelof has said a few times that that's not actually the, what it means, but that Jack is both the man of science and the man of faith. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of about that dichotomy within someone and, uh, uh, when people say that too, they're like, well, the show comes down pretty heavily on faith because yeah. there are all these weird things happening. And so mm -hmm. like, it's constantly reinforcing that this faith is in something real. Yeah. And like, even here, like you can't really argue that, you know, whatever power this is that Locke believes in isn't real. He is having prophetic dreams about plans that exist that he hasn't seen about mm -hmm. people's histories that haven't occurred. Like there is some force here no matter what but yeah. i think what lost is more interested in looking at is both the uh the good sides of belief and like the dangers of belief right and here you know we're we're looking at two separate instances when Locke put his faith in something outside of himself first with his father who betrayed him then the island which seems to be a toying with him with the ability to walk uh being willing to kill others through his actions so while it suggests there's a higher force at play and uh uh, like, what does it say about the nature of that? Is that, you know, is that a good force? Is it a negative force? Is it more complicated than that? Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and I th I think that's the interesting part of this episode. Mm -hmm. Not not just like, oh, he's the man of faith and there is a higher power, but what does but, that mean? Right. And is, is Locke, like, is he on some divine quest? Or is he, is this, is he, like, it, a tragic figure? Is he a right. pawn in something's exactly. game? Exactly. Exactly. Is he... Just being used. Mm -hmm. And and my feeling there again, because, you know, just going off the idea that Jack is also a man of faith, you know, man of science slash man of faith. Right. Uh, the difference really between him and Locke, as outlined in these episodes, is that Locke puts his faith in, in others or in higher powers. And Jack puts that faith in like a self-mythology, self-mythology, really, like yeah. believing that he is something that he's not right kind of or something beyond what he could possibly be right uh but with that i was i was thinking we could move on into uh into jack yeah jack and do no harm yes and uh so he's his flashback in this episode i guess yes. i guess we can go there uh, yeah it's all about his wedding 
Right, uh, which we, I didn't know Jack was married. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if the show has mentioned that beforehand. Like, I feel like it might have mentioned that he was married. But once. then what's all this separate, or, uh, like, this setup between him and Kate? Well, being... just because he got married doesn't mean he was still married, <laughs> necessarily. True. Which, which, honestly, the way, or the story that his wife, a very young-looking Julie Bowen. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what she's, the story she tells at their rehearsal dinner just makes me think it's set up for failure. Yeah. Kind of. So you, you also had that feeling that this, is, this isn't necessarily a real romantic story, but a possibly doomed yeah. Relationship. Okay. That because I, I think that's there and I think it's intentional. And uh I think yeah. it's a more complicated uh story than it might seem on its face. Yeah. Cause I can see that. At face value, uh it's all about well, first of all, we find out about Sarah and her situation that she, she Yeah. She was in a car accident. Uh she broke her back and mm-hmm. everybody said that she wouldn't walk again, that they'd never she'd never be healed. And she, I got the feeling because because Jack was the one to mm-hmm. fix her back, and and heal her, that she felt this indebtedness to him. Yeah, that maybe like you know there there are stories of of people falling in love with with the people who like the doctors or nurses who who like bring them back to health. Bring yeah. them back to life, you know? Yeah. Um, they, you know, there's just that overwhelming feeling, which, like, could be what's going on with mm-hmm. Sarah right now. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, isn't real. Right. Now, did you did you also think of that as a parallel to Locke? In that both those characters were people who were paralyzed or were told that it was irreparable. Except in Locke's case, the island cured his paralysis, and in her case, Jack cured it. So that, oh. so that in that way, we're looking at Locke as somebody who's indebted to the island, and we're looking at Jack's wife as somebody who's indebted to him and feels that he's more powerful. Right. And in turn, that makes Jack feel like he has that power. That he, he always looks at himself as this infallible surgeon, even right. when he's not. And, like, kind of the antithesis to what his father has become mm-hmm. when he has a lot in common with his father. But mm-hmm. but he, uh, so here they have this mute, kind of mutually destructive relationship where she, she, like you said, is indebted to him, whether she realizes that or not. Yeah. And he, at least I feel, wants her around as a constant reminder to his own legend yeah. that he is the man that he believes he could be. Yeah. So most of the episodes, or at least the, most of the flashback, is about him not being able to write vows for her because they don't really have much... Like, he can't think of what he loves about her because it's primarily that he was able to fix her. Mm-hmm. So when he says at the end, during the vows that he didn't write, that... uh you know, she said she fixed him, but or she said he fixed her, but he re- she really fixed him. Mm-hmm. He didn't. She didn't so much fix him as she uh, she enabled his own feelings about himself. Yeah, and uh, his, his reasoning for why he can't ever let go, why he can't fail. Like yeah. she's she's a reminder that sometimes when he doesn't fail, it he can succeed at these wildly great things. 
Uh, also within that, we have that scene where he's by the pool with his father and which, just drinking out of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, which in all of the other episode, Jack episodes that like surround uh, his father, his relationship with his father did not did not make that pool scene seem very plausible. Really? You don't think so? I don't think so. Because, I mean, you're right. We've seen pretty much just negativity from between Jack and his father, but the particular stories that we've seen so far, well, one was the, uh, the episode where he turned him in, mm-hmm. or basically for being drunk on the clock. Right. And uh, the other one was, well, re- we, we've seen a Jack episode and one of his father, Mm-hmm. One where Jack was hunting or searching for his father in Australia, in right. which they didn't share any scenes together, and another in which Jack's father's in Australia talking about how much he respects his son and how he can't bring himself to say it. Right. So, which I guess from that episode, like, right, that I could see, but I just don't see Jack responding well to mm-hmm. to his father's advice. Yeah, and this was before all those. Other episodes. That's true. This is earlier in the timeline. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're, you're just starting to get more of a feeling of what their relationship was or who they were. Yeah. Uh, and that it might be more complicated than the sheer antagonism <laughs> that they've had in a lot of their other scenes so far. Maybe that. But, but, yeah, it's hard to tell now. You're right. It is yeah. a bit of an abrupt change yeah. versus what you've seen. But, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else with that i think we pretty much covered that i i think it is largely about the relationship and jack's faith in himself yeah and and her faith in him the indebtedness that comes from fixing somebody's right uh, problems (laughs) Mm -hmm. so on island it picks up directly from the last episode so boone has been dropped off with jack uh his boone's wounds are very bad uh looking possibly fatal Jack yeah. springs into action. He immediately is telling everybody where to go and what yeah. to do. And, and what like, he needs. Very professional. And, and, yeah. There's a little callback to Hurley telling him not to faint. <laughs> right. And uh, then, then Sun actually helps out a whole lot in this episode. Yeah, Sun, Sun is kind of a good uh, a good balance for Jack. In this Sun episode. is just a helpful person. <laughs> Frequently she comes to people's aid and... Yes. Here she brings the little stick for uh, Boone's mouth, and she mm-hmm. thinks about the sea urchin needles, which right. uh, was a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> even, even if they can't save Boone, good way of doing right. doing things. Uh, there are all sorts of complications. Like, this is a very tense episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they really, they have you going, like, this is going to be really complicated and really tough, but yeah. you just got to pull through. Yeah. Like, you get the feeling with each thing, like, okay, well, Jack needs... A negative, or he doesn't know his blood type, but Boone wakes up just long enough to tell him the blood type. Right. So you're like, that'll lead to something. Like, somebody will have Surely, it. Surely, yeah. Right. But uh, it comes back, and nobody really knows their blood type except for a few people. Yeah. And none of them are A negative. One's right. A, but they don't know if it's positive or negative. Right. So you're like, oh, all, again, all is lost. But no, Jack is O negative. Of course. Of so, course Jack is. So he's literally giving his own blood to right. try to save Boone. And, uh, but... Which could cause the failure, or cause failure, uh, right. or heart failure, I guess. But doesn't. That yeah. wasn't, that isn't his problem. Mm-mm. But then we, uh, we find out, or Jack finds out, really, we knew that it, he didn't just fall off a cliff. Right. Uh, he tells Jack that the plane, the plane fell on him. Yeah. And uh, crushed his leg. 
And it also tells him about the hatch, which up until now, only Nobody. Locke and yeah. Boone knew anything about. Right. So uh, at that point, yeah, he realizes the problem the problem is with his leg. All the blood is pooling in there because he's, inter- he's bleeding internally. So mm-hmm. no matter how much blood he transfuses in, it's not working. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to amputate his leg. Yeah. Which... Son tells him not to do. Right. He she see well because she know she's the one that finds out that he's bleeding internally right. and knows that it's not gonna work. Yeah, no matter what, yeah. He's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh But you know, Jack thinking that he can be this hero, this all powerful mm-hmm. person doesn't doesn't want to listen to her. Yeah, he wants to do everything necessary. Yeah. Like like it constantly reminds us in the flashback. He has trouble letting go. Yes. You can't just give up on people. Uh, but even Boone asks him not to do it. Yeah. Or tells him that. Actually asks him to let him go. Yeah. Literally the words that they yeah. frequently use in the episode. Yeah. That he needs to let him go. Uh, so he does it. Yeah. Which you could argue is growth for Jack. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, as we've seen in the flashback, you know, he's, that's always been a trouble for yeah. him. Even earlier this season with a marshal. Everybody right. knew the marshal was a lost cause and he was going to die, but Jack kept treating him and kept him alive the whole time. Yeah. And didn't work yeah. out. So here he oh. finally, he gives up, but it's like the merciful thing to do. Right. He does get mad at Son, though. He does. And he says... Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. Yes. Again, drawing a parallel. Like, I really right. do feel that these two episodes were written to show both the similarities and differences between Jack and Locke. Like, it's all which, about them. Which, yeah, it, they are. I mean, they're the two most prominent characters in the in yeah. the show. Yeah, probably. Like, it started yeah. out very much where Jack was the lead protagonist. Yeah. Like, in the pilot, Locke barely has any lines at all, right. if any. And, and uh, But, I mean, Locke has become the, like... Magic Man. Yeah, he's very stealthily been become like a really big figure figure in the show. Like he, in almost yeah. every episode where he has nothing to do with it, otherwise he has at least one little plot line or some area where he spurs things into effect or like he convinces people to do things. Right. So uh, yeah, he's, he's he's become a big force on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. Boone. So I head down, Boone asks Jack to pass something on to Shannon, but we don't really hear what it is. He dies first. Yeah. Uh, Just keeps telling, saying, tell Shannon. Right. You know. Yeah, and, and he, he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't have a message. Finish it. Nope. Uh, and then we the episode ends on or uh, Jack telling Kate that Boone didn't die, he was murdered. Right. Which uh, I think says a lot about Jack and how he still hasn't gotten over his own ability to be human. <laughs> like, yeah. to him, you know, yeah, he lost Boone, but that wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like he was in an accident and Jack couldn't fail. It's somebody else's fault. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to feel at fault for Boone dying. Whereas right. if it's just circumstances and Jack can't defeat it, then it's his fault. But if somebody else willingly killed him, mm-hmm. then it's on them. Yeah. Uh, but But it also... It, I think it's slightly justified, like, whether Jack knows it or not, because not only did Locke send him up in the plane, but he's the one who lied about how he died. And yeah. it had Jack known that his leg was crushed by a plane, he might have done things differently. Right. So, I mean, maybe not murder, but, but <laughs> has some liability and all that. Yeah. 
But yeah. Anything else with Jack's plot that we've got? <laughs> um, I don't think so and what what do you think of this one i know like you've been generally down I, on jack episodes you know what this i like this episode still I yeah think it, um it not revolving around his daddy issues <laughs> right was a little bit refreshing and kind yeah. of you know it delved in deeper to to who he is and i agree like yeah. the the second one felt like it was, even though you're getting a much bigger piece of why they were at odds or him and his mm-hmm. dad, it was still kind of repeating feelings from the first episode or just reinforcing the negativity in the relationship. Right. And here it's much more... I feel like this episode does add some dimensions to Jack and his, you know, never give up thing. And, yeah. like, kind of... it Since it's pitting it more against Locke's uh, own beliefs, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. So should we get on to some of the subplots? Yes, let's do subplots. Uh, the first one I had down was of the second episode, just because it seemed like the most significant. Yes, and it was much more significant than the subplot <laughs> of the first. Uh, but Claire has her baby. Yay! That's all going on while Boone is dying. Yes. And, uh... The, Very... Well, go ahead. Oh, um... Poetic is what I was going to say. Right. Uh, uh, life for death. Yeah, there and uh, I think I don't know if the theme that they played had its name when they initially did it because I remember we we talked briefly about it the first time it was on the show and it had nothing to do with life or death, uh-huh. uh, the Michael Giacchino's theme at the yeah. end, and then it played again during the fake out where Charlie was dead before like Jack revived him. Yeah, and uh, here though, like. It it plays where everybody's finding out about the birth of Claire's baby, yeah. and also the death of Boone, and mm-hmm. the theme is literally called life and death. Yeah. So like it, it is like that juxtaposition is what they intended with it, like this right. kind of hope moving on, but also this mourning mm-hmm. of a passing character. And yeah. yeah, I think I think it's a good good counterpart where you're dealing yeah. with this really t- like it's still a tense plot yeah. line oh yeah because we don't know what's going to happen exactly jack can't be there and yeah labor is very very intensive and, it is you know but jack doesn't seem too worried yeah uh, or at least compared to Boone yeah, dying it's, it's like it's a birth she'll give birth it'll be fine yeah <laughs> it'll yeah. be scary but everybody will be all right like he has a he shows an immense amount of faith in Kate. Yeah, yeah, he does. Nope, Kate's gonna have to deliver that baby. It is funny that, like, he relays all this info to Charlie, but there's never a second where it's like, Charlie, you're gonna deliver this baby. It's yeah. like, you tell these things to Kate, she'll deal with it. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure if Kate has earned that trust, but alright. No, I don't think she has. She's been less the worst in the second half of the season, or yes. I guess the last third of the season or so. Yeah. She's been better lately. But, uh, yeah, yes. she does, though. And, she uh, does. She manages to to calm Claire. Yep. Claire is afraid that the baby will sense that she wanted to give him up mm-hmm. and will not love her. Uh-huh. Will, hate, will, will not want her. Um, but she, she convinces her that the baby will know that she wants the baby to be healthy and okay. Yeah. And that it'll all work out. Yeah. And it kind of works out. It does. Uh, I like Jin's part in all of this. I know. I love that Jin just kind of stumbles onto it. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, he go, he re, he's the one who goes to originally relay the info, and mm-hmm. Sun helps him. Yeah, uh, which translate. is a very uh, a very poignant moment in their relationship because yeah. it's the first time that they've actually spoken. Right, to they're each not speaking speaking to each other so much but, as speaking through Sun, but yeah. still. But still, I mean, for for Jin to be able to swallow his pride and and let let Sun reveal. Yeah. Or, or translate for him. Yeah. Like, that's a big, that's a big step up. Agreed. Uh, that's a good thing. And uh, I like, I like how Jin, well, first of all, I like that when he's trying to comfort Claire, even though they don't speak the same language, like, he's just trying to just be soothing <laughs> yeah. in Korean. And uh, I also, I like him and Charlie and yeah, their dynamic. Yeah, the, the, when Charlie wants to go, like, go to Claire, he just kind of <laughs> pushes him back. And I love the I love the face that he makes because it's just like it's let like, them do their dude, thing. Your man, back. Just, just don't worry. Men stay here. <laughs> and I also like uh, just how cheerful he is too when when yeah. uh, the baby's born. Both Jin and Charlie are like celebrating. Yeah, kind of, and yeah. It's cute for a character it's, like Jin who's so he doesn't like to connect with anybody else because yeah. yeah. language barrier and also just because he's kind of a hard man. Right. He's, uh, you know, for him to, for him to reveal that, that softer side. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I I think that's good. There's been a softening of Jin. Yeah. Kind of, but I think it works for the show. Right. I mean, I, I think Jin was a softer person before Sun's father got a hold of him. Yeah. Yeah. Much Definitely. You know, and so that's kind of coming back and that kind of makes me feel like maybe all is not lost with Jin and Sun. Yeah. But does that make you feel good? Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh yeah. I think that was about all I had on the that particular story. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's a big one that's been been an ongoing thread since the pilot, so Right. Uh the next one I had was Shannon and Saeed and how oh, yeah. Shannon's just off on their little uh their little romantic beach, adventure. Yeah, romantic beach picnic. Yes. And uh she she comes clean to uh Saeed sort of about her and Boone's relationship. Right. More just like, well, Boone has feelings for me. Right. Like she hasn't mentioned the whole thing where they had sex right before they came to the island. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of I mean, that, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. that's a weird thing to mention, but uh yeah. but yeah. So at least kind of told him what's up. But yeah. uh, still, she was away when Boone was dying, and that's probably going to be hard. Right. Uh, and, we yeah, we only see a bit of a reaction at the end with... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really all I had there. That's about right. all that happens there. Um, we get a little bit more with the raft. Uh, yeah. In both these episodes, we... They, it's almost ready. They tell Claire that it's about a week away. Yep. Uh, so hopefully by the end of the season, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, it's hard to tell with time on the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, most likely fairly soon uh-huh. the raft will be done. Um, we also have a little bit more with Michael and Jin's feuding and relationship yeah. and yeah. how they are working together sort of reluctantly. Like Jin right. still yells I'm... at Michael a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what are the words that he thinks he knows in, in Korean now? Faster and idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, we, we get a reminder via Sawyer about why Jin might be such an overzealous worker that he's trying to stay away from Sun because yeah. of their feud. But, you know, that is before he uh, has to speak through her to Jack. So mm-hmm. maybe things will get better. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other plot line I had down was actually from the first episode. Yes. Which was uh, Sawyer's Headaches. Yeah. And this is definitely the lightest weight story of the other ones. Uh, I don't yeah. think it really has much bearing on the series. Other other than apparently to reveal that he had an STI to Kate. Yeah, that, I guess. That that was mentioned when I was looking at the uh, yeah. the other part of uh, the the radio transmission. When oh, yeah. I was looking yeah. at the Lost Wiki. Yeah, man. They, uh, they mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so basically, Sawyer's been having headaches, uh, but aspirin's not working, son's herbal remedies aren't working. Yeah. Uh, Kate so. wants Jack to help him. Right. But uh, Jack Jack's like, Sawyer's not going to care anyway, so yeah, he kind of toys with him. Right. Which, which is, you, works. It, that makes yeah. sense. How I else? Mean, <laughs> it, doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me. In the way, like, the way their characters relate to each other and, and interact with each other, it's kind of expected. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe that's the way I go about things with Sawyer with that. Right. Like, kind of hint that he might have a tumor and just don't right, <laughs> right. explain that. And yeah. <laughs> like, apparently he has that in his family history, that his uncle yeah. had a Which, tumor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that Jack... Even even though Jack's a surgeon, it doesn't totally make sense that he knows a lot about diagnosing farsightedness. But yeah. uh, it, I like that it's pretty clear that he knew that early on, and he's just and messing he's just, with yeah. And, and in front of Kate, like so right. even says like, does she have to be here? <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't make sense why Kate's there, other than Jack just wants again to get yeah. Sawyer to talk about his history or sleeping with prostitutes and having an STD or having had an STD. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah. It's it's definitely a lighter plot to go along with the Boone and uh, right. Locke story that's going <laughs> alongside it. Mm-hmm. But it's entertaining. Like, it, it at least feels like it's building on something that's been going on in the show. Since right. we've been seeing Sawyer reading all the time. Yeah. It makes sense why he would have developed his farsight... Or why a farsightedness that he might not have noticed much before is suddenly giving his he- him headaches. Mm-hmm. Uh... So at least there's some basis in the plot. Yeah. It's an alright plot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's entertaining. Yeah. It works. Um, and also Jack, it allows Jack to tell Kate that he only d- really did it for her. Right. <laughs> she like, barf. <laughs> Jack and Kate. I mean, they're not as endearing as... <laughs> Which yeah. is not as endearing. No. No. So any, any other big things or big stories or anything we're missing? I think that's pretty much it for those two episodes. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think very much about uh, faith and belief, but, you know, faith in things outside of yourself versus within yourself and self-mythologizing mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, a lot, lot going on there uh, and kind of a good thesis, I think, for the show going forward in a way. Like, yeah. they've been they've been pushing this more and more. Uh, as the show's gone on, uh, yeah. and yeah, it's really coming to the forefront. Uh, 
as for little little things, uh, I really only had some credits mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Deus Ex Machina was written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. Yes. So that uh, which you know they it makes sense that an episode like that would be written by them because it has such a strong grasp on themes of the show and what they really want to explore. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, I was directed by someone named uh, Robert Mandel. It's the only one he's directed, mm-hmm. and it's the only one he directs. Period. But oh. Uh, but yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, I think it's a pretty well directed one. The dream sequence is pretty weird and creepy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, not pretty well. Pretty well done. Yeah. So, uh, do no harm was written by Janet Tamaro, who uh, she later she produces a number of shows, including Bones, which you've been Whoa. watching a lot of, uh, and Trauma and Rizzoli and Isles. Uh, Wow. She writes, she does write episodes of most of those shows, but yeah, mm-hmm. like most of her credits are as a producer. And uh, this is the only episode of Lost she's credited with, so okay. she only wrote this one. Uh, but it was directed by Stephen Williams, who also directed earlier this season All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, which was the second Jack episode. Yeah. And uh, he goes on to direct 24 more episodes of the show, so he's one wow. of their regulars. Uh that's really it on, like, the little tidbits. Yeah. A lot of them ended up being, you know, related to main, major plot lines. Uh, for mysteries, did you have any um, mysteries introduced or solved? Let's see. Um, uh, like who's a, the Nigerian? Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. What's the deal with that plane? Who's yeah. the Nigerian guy? Why does he have money and guns? Yeah. Uh, most of the other stuff was kind of playing off mysteries I think they've already set up, so that was the main one. Mm-hmm. And anything you think they really resolved mystery-wise or just kind of a continuation of a lot of this? Yeah, I don't think there was much... Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was much solved. Yeah, not not anything that they already set up anyway. You know, yeah. like you find out a lot about like Jack's... Or not Jack, but uh, Locke's, Locke's father. father. Yeah. And, but that wasn't really a mystery other than we... We knew from uh, Outlaws that he grew up in a foster home, and right. With that story. And then um, there was the there was the time when Walt asked him if his father was cool, <laughs> right? And he said, "No, he, he's not." Yeah, that's true. But, um, I didn't even remember that. Uh, you see that online? <laughs> is you're, very helpful. You're uh, you're playing with fire there, reading all these wiki articles. You're gonna find out I something. I didn't. I I I did find out something that I didn't want to know. Mm. With the transmission, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you well, know. I'll I'll protect so, listeners from that. Although I think most people who listened in have probably watched the show probably. at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for this week. All right. Uh, next week was it was the greater good or yes. sides, right? Like it yes. said, it had two possible names yes. on the Blu-ray. Uh, I I don't remember whose episode that is. I'm going to I'm going to make two guesses. Okay. Because there are two people who haven't had, well, I mean, multi- more than two people that haven't had. Uh, haven't well, had repeats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, which I probably, which is probably more likely, is Saeed. Okay. Um, or because she just had her baby Claire. Okay. Those are the ones that I think. Yeah, I actually don't know. I remember, so, I remember Born to Run, who that is, and you already, obviously, you know yeah. that one. I mean, and I know that, like, Exodus is everybody. Yeah. But those are the only episodes left, so we're right. getting really close to the end of the season. We are. Uh, we're going to do Exodus as one big episode, 
because it it is really just one really really ridiculously long episode of three hour episode yeah, yeah three hours so uh yeah hopefully we'll catch you next week for uh, right. the greater good <laughs>